The Bible Study Podcast, episode 518. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Samuel 21. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to start today with 1 Samuel 21, but I'm not quite sure how far we'll get. I'm not sure whether to deal with the next four chapters in one episode or two. So if you may remember, David is running from Saul. Saul is the king. David has been anointed king by Samuel, but he is not king. Now, one of the things that's interesting about that when I think about our lives is there's a couple different times in the Bible where Someone is told that this will happen, but then they have to wait for it. And the three examples I think of are Joseph. Joseph is given a dream and told that he's going to be something special. And in the meantime, he ends up in jail. He ends up sold into slavery. All of those things he has to go through. I think of Abraham. Abraham is told that he is going to have a son. He doesn't immediately have it, not even nine months later. It happens years later, enough so that he tries to take matters into his own hands and has the son Ishmael, not the son of promise. And then I think here of David, and David is anointed king, but David won't be king for years. Saul is already king. And so David is running from Saul, and Saul wants to kill David, and he wants to kill him because he believes that David will replace him, which is true. We pick up the story in 1 Samuel 21. David went to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech the priest, The king sent me on a mission and said to me, No one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us as usual whenever we set out. The men's bodies are holy even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. He was Dog the Edomite, Saul's chief steward. David asked Ahimelech, Don't you have a spear or sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended he was insane in their presence, and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look at the man, he is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring me this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? 
two interesting things about this story. One interesting thing about the first story with the priest is that Jesus uses this account when he and his disciples run into some trouble with the Pharisees because the disciples are threshing on a Sunday. Well, what they're really doing is they're walking through the grain fields and they're threshing the grain with their hands. They're rubbing it with their hands. And the Pharisees say that that violates the law. You're working on the Sunday. And he tells this story about David when he is fleeing from Saul and he stops and he gets the consecrated bread, that bread that is meant for the priest to eat. But in this case, what Jesus says is that sometimes the rules are not as important as the people to God. And so that's what's going on here in this place is when you've got some hungry men who are servants of the king, as far, at least as far as the priests know, then maybe giving that bread to them is more important than it is following the rules, which is interesting. Now, the other thing that's odd about these two stories is that in both of them, David is not exactly telling the truth. He lies to the priest and says he's off on a mission, and obviously he pretends to be insane. And one would think that he does it the first time potentially to protect the priest as well as himself. We don't know for sure. And the second time he is clearly doing this to protect himself. It does raise the question, I don't think it answers the question of, is it okay to mislead people for the right reasons? I leave that to you to think about. David certainly felt that in some cases, now David is a pretty honest guy most of the time, but in some cases he seemed to think yes, but that's certainly a slippery slope. Then we get David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers in his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. From there David went to Mizpah and Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with them as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went into the forest of Herath. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul was seated, spear in hand, under the Tamarisk tree on the hill of Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side. He said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give you all fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you all have conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to wait for me as he does today. But Dog the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officers, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him, so he gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and all the men of his family who were priests of Nob, and they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitub. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me as he does today? Ahimelech answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and highly respected in your household? 
Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. But the king said, You surely will die, Ahimelech, you and your whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. Then the king said to Dog, You turn and strike down the priests. So Dog the Edomites turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests, with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. But one son of Ahimelech of Ahatub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled to David. He told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, That day when Dog the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your whole family. Stay with me, don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You will be safe with me. So this is kind of this terrible affair here. So the first part of this is in Samuel 22 is we get David who is gathering a group of people around him. He's no longer just David. Now he's David the commander, David the commander of 400 men and with women and children and his father and mother and all sorts of other people with him. He goes off to Moab. He leaves mom and dad so they'll be safe. And we can see that that's a good move because Saul at this point is going a little crazy in terms of what he's doing. He's not just killing the people helping David. He's killing the people who he thinks may be helping David and their friends and their relatives and their whole town. So Saul is not in a good place. Saul is not behaving as a good king. Saul was a good king at one point, but Saul is way down at that path. And so now he goes to Nob and he finds out, first of all, he's talking to the people around him, the men of Benjamin, and saying, what is David going to give you that I can't give you, basically? Is he going to make you commanders of thousands or hundreds? Basically, he's bribing them. Or he's saying, why would you go with David? I can give you more, which isn't the right reason to follow him, but that's what he's saying. You know, why does nobody tell me when my son is conspiring against me with this this son of Jesse? Now, the problem is that the truth is David is not trying to kill Saul, and we'll see that next week. But he doesn't believe that. Saul thinks that David is out to get him, or at least that's what he's telling people. And so that his, his story is that he's fighting treason. He's not, but that's his story. And so the priest comes to him, Ahimelech, and he calls him to him, and he says, why did you help him? And he's saying, Listen, we all know that David is loyal to you. We all know that there's none more loyal to you. I know nothing of this whole thing. Why would I even suspect that David was running away from you, basically? And he's right. Why would he even suspect? He was told by David he, he was on a mission from Saul. He believed that David was on a mission from Saul as far as we know, unless God told him. I mean, that would really be the only place he would know. He is a faithful servant of Saul who did something Saul didn't like. That is not what you do with faithful servants has killed them and their families and their town. This isn't how Saul is going to make himself a better king. He is grasping onto power so hard at this point. It's one of those things where power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. He is corrupted at this point. His whole approach to this problem here, he can't see the truth. 
All he sees is his interest, and he doesn't even know who is his friend around him. And, and so he turns to his, his soldiers. He says, kill him. They won't, which is the correct response to say no to power when power is asking you to do the wrong thing. But he eventually turns to this Edomite, this person who is outside of Israel, and says, put these priests to the sword. And he does. Except for one and one who ends up with David. We're going to see what David is really about next time. And it's not what Saul thinks. This is not what's going on, the story he is telling people. David is not in rebellion against him. David is not out to try and kill him. But Saul is so twisted and so paranoid by this point, he cannot see it. We're going to leave you in that dark place. It's going to get a little better next week. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. If the sound sounded any different today, it's because I'm coming to you from San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. But we're not talking about Mexico on this podcast. But if you want to hear about my travels, go to amateurtraveler.com, my other travel podcast. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.